um, for who he is and him honoring us with his presence even in this room the Lord is tremendously tremendously good you may be seated um, um, certainly in the house of the living God we, we just thank God for, for what he's accomplishing what he's doing how he's moving just so so thankful for our wonderful graduates amen thank God good and you know um, um, Jeremiah and I probably speak for the other graduates too is many times you know we as parents we don't necessarily do everything right I can't say you know I know he probably views and, and, and sees me and, and mom as superman and superwoman but I don't know if I did everything perfectly but I know the God I depended on He's perfect. And he'll make up the difference. And so I just thank God for the grace of God. You, 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 if y'all don't mind, just excuse my voice. You may have to turn my mic up just a little bit. Um, um, but I just, I thank God for that, that God made up the difference and um, allowed us to see these young men and young women. Um, we, we stumbled along the way. We we had questions. We, we, we turn, life, turn right sometimes as parents and then had to turn back left. Turn left sometimes as parents and had to turn back right. Said one thing and then had to turn it back and say something else. As God helped to navigate us in raising our children and to see them cross this, this river, transition into this next phase of their life and be excited about it and be ready for it. And we can look back and point back to a God who's been good and know that if it had not been for the Lord, amen, they wouldn't be in the position they're in. And so I'm, I'm, I'm certainly, certainly, certainly thankful for that. And um, I'm just, just uh, excited about what God is doing. Amen. It seemed like we went to so many, we had so many graduations this weekend. My goodness. I'm, look here, I'm graduated out. You hear me? Bless the Lord. I'm graduated out. Amen. But, um, so, but, but who, man, we got a lot more up and coming. Before you know it, Matthew will be graduating and Marshawn will be graduating. Do we? So, uh, we're going to be doing some graduations for a good little minute. And so, so uh, we, we, we thank God for it. Amen. It's so good for you all that, that were able to come, even our visitors um, that are here with us um, on today. Um, God is doing so many tremendous things in our lives right now. How many know God is doing something right now? Um, he's not about to do something. He didn't do something yesterday, but he's doing something right now. And we thank God that we are a part of what it is that the Lord is doing. I have something that I want to share with you today that I, I, th I feel is very imperative. Where we're going if we're going to get to where God wants us to get, we have to know who God called us to be. Identity is the key. And I talk about this and I emphasize this because so many times what happens is we get discouraged, not because of the challenges, but because we, we, we're not sure in who we are. Because if, when we become sure in who we are, no matter what we face, we'll be able to look at what we face and say nay in all things. I am. It don't matter what that is I'm facing, I am more than a conqueror through the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't care how big the storm is, I am who I am in Christ. 
is very, very key. It deals with calling. It deals with, everybody say calling. I want to teach on calling a little bit more today, but I want you to understand something about the nature of God. Romans chapter 8, around the 29th, 30th chapter, the Bible says, moreover, those he predestined, everybody say predestined, he called, right? Then he says, those he called, he justified, and those he justified, he glorified. Moreover, those he, who he predestinated, he called. He now gives us our destiny before he calls us because he calls us based on our destiny. He does not call us and then give us a destiny. He gave us a destiny before he called us. Amen? God saves us by calling us. Y'all know that, right? Many are called, but few are chosen. God actually saves us. By calling us. Let the weak say I'm strong. Let the poor say I'm rich. He'll tell you to call yourself blood washed. While you feel like you're still filthy in sin. And as we call ourselves by faith what he calls us. We move out of filthy in sin to blood washed. He saves us by calling us. He'll call us pure while, while perversion is still knocking on the door of our heart. And to the degree we respond to the call called purity, while perversion is fighting and knocking against our heart, to that degree we enter into his salvation. He saves us by calling us. Not calling us how we see ourselves, but how he knew us before the foundations of the world. That's very, very key. I want to, to now um, begin to add to that. Um, and build upon being called by God. Because some people are waiting to change to come to God. And don't understand we're changed by coming to God. God Jesus moved, removed the veil. The veil is rent in two. The blood gave us access to come to God. And we can come to God as we are. But when, by the time we leave we won't be how we came. That's God's plan for redemption. There was a time when you were in sin that you were cut off from God. But Jesus came by the blood and made a new and living way. And so now we can come into the presence of a holy God. And while we're in that presence, we can experience being transformed into who he has called us. Amen. God saves us by calling us. Come on, I'm, see, what you need to understand is, amen, if you're ever going to be saved, you got to understand you're saved right now. It's not whether or not you're saved, it's whether or not you're going to accept it. It's not whether or not you're delivered, it's whether or not you're going to accept it. You're delivered right now. And how much we're willing to answer to being delivered while we're still fighting, seem to be fighting with what we're fighting. Answering that call, being answering by that name, dictates how much deliverance we actually experience. For those he predestined, predestined, he called. And those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he glorified. Amen? Bless the Lord. And so we got to know what God calls us, not what streak. The street calls us, not what, what we did calls us, not what, what our history calls us, what God calls us.
Amen? So, so let me just walk a couple of things out to you on this afternoon. Amen? And we'll see kind of how God wants to take this. So many times we, we look at calling, and I'm going to Genesis chapter 3, verse number 9. Genesis 3, verse number 9. So many times we think about calling as a call to duty. But first and foremost, our calling is a calling to identity. It's not what I'm called to do in church. It's who I'm called to be. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. Amen? So many times we want to get a duty before we understand our identity. And that's where turmoil and friction and conflict comes in. Because we know what we're supposed to do, but we don't know who we're supposed to be. And so, so many times it ends up causing friction in the house of God. God wants to settle the identity issue first. So then we can operate together in the bond of perfection. We can be joined one to another. Amen? In God. And so, let's look at this. Without, you know, we can be joined without competition, without comparison. And all the things that tend to keep us from doing what God has called us to, to do. Genesis chapter 3, verse number 9. Read verse 9 and 10. And the Lord God called, everybody say called, unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And Adam said, and he said, verse number 10, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. I'm going to talk about calling a little bit further. Father, we thank you, and we bless you right now in the mighty name of Jesus for the power of God that's in this room that your spirit would move as the word of God is preached to transform us into the self-same image of Jesus Christ. So in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, it's, it's so key that we kind of, now keep in mind I'm talking about calling. Uh, Matthew 22 and 14, just a little backdrop, some stuff we talked about last Sunday. Matthew 22 and 14, many are called, right? We all know that verse, but few are chosen. That word calling, kletos. Many are called, many are kletos, which actually is derived from the Greek word klesis, which is actually from the root word kaleo, called, kaleo. That word called is to be named. Calling is naming. When God is not just calling us to a duty, that's why I said he's calling us to an identity. Our calling is our naming. God calls us someone. He calls us into becoming someone. And, and so with that in mind, I'm, I'm going to look at, and the Lord God called unto Adam. Amen. We're still dealing with calling. We're still dealing with identity. God calls Adam. Adam, Adam does not respond to God calling him Adam. His reasoning being was because I was afraid because I was naked. So 
Now watch this now. When God calls Adam, Adam won't answer God's call because of who he's calling himself. He's calling himself naked and afraid just wasn't his condition. Naked and afraid is how he saw himself. At that point, that's what he was calling himself. I know you're calling me Adam, but I see myself right now not as Adam. I see myself as naked and afraid. So while God is calling Adam, Adam, he sees himself naked and afraid. That's who he sees himself as. So he does not respond to the call of who he was. Your name is Adam, but as far as I'm concerned, I see myself as naked and afraid. See, that's what happens so many times in, 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 in our walk with God. God will call us something and we won't respond because of how we see ourselves. I just ain't ready yet. I I hear God calling, but I see myself as just not ready yet. Uh, I hear God calling, but nobody changes like that. I hear God calling, but I just can't see myself being there right now. And so many times what happens is God will call us by who we are, but we'll see ourselves as someone else and wind up running in the other direction. Not because we're not who God called us, but because we see ourselves as someone else. Sin's agenda, please hear me. Sin's agenda is to cause us to misidentify ourselves. It's not just those committing sin who misidentify themselves. It is those who actually come out of sin many times who are still under the influence of the sin they left. Have you ever wondered, I go to the church now, I no longer go to the club. Why am I still falling under the same depressive, depressive mindsets of people who go to the club and I don't anymore? I don't sin like that no more, but I'm still attacked by those influences. I still go by the name depressed. I still go by the name heavy. I still wake up in the morning sometimes and I don't want to get out the bed. And I don't want to talk to nobody. And I don't want to see nobody. And I don't feel, I don't feel good. I don't feel up to par. Why do I still feel like one who's out there in the street and I'm actually in the church? Because sin's agenda is to cause us to misidentify ourselves while God is calling us one thing we'll call ourselves something else and not even realize we didn't already missed our call waiting on it we're thinking we're waiting to be called a title we're waiting to be called prophet we're waiting to be called we didn't miss our call because God was calling us forgiveness you know that's a calling but at the time God was calling us forgiveness, we were bitter. I'm not going by forgiveness right now. I'm bitter. I can't get over what they did to me. I can't get over what they said to me. I can't get over how they handled it. I can't trust them no more. And so now God is saying, come here, forgiveness. No, I ain't coming nowhere because I ain't forgiving them. I can forgive, but I sure ain't going to forget. Right? But love keeps no record of, of wrong. Amen? And so what happens is we done missed our call. 
Our call was forgiveness, but we saw ourselves as bitter. And now we're standing up after missing our call, waiting to be called. And not understand it, we're missing identity. Forgiveness is not a responsibility. Forgiveness is built into who we are. It's easy to forgive. To the degree we understand who we are. Come on, he's calling me bold, but I'm calling myself scared. Come here, bold, and, 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 and go pray over them. Come here, bold, and go decree this in their life. Come here, bold. Uh-uh, because that's not how I see myself. So what we wind up doing is hide. See, we go where we go based on who we go as in person. If I believe that I'm scared, then I'm going to go hide whatever scared, wherever scared calls me to. I'm going to go hide. So you know why Adam ended up in the bushes? Because he called himself naked and afraid. And that was the place attached to that identity. I wind up being where I see myself. Or how I see myself. Amen? Amen? And so now the impact and influence of sin will always cause us to embrace a measure of misidentification which will cause us to reject our call based on who we call ourselves. What are me and you calling ourselves right now that God doesn't call us that's causing us to hang up the phone on God? God is calling us and we're picking up the phone saying you got the wrong one. God is calling us and saying come now. Go now. Be there now. Function in that now operate in that now be free now walk in that power now be delivered now lay your life down now and we're hanging up the phone saying you got the wrong number that you can't be calling me right not not to that right not right now because of the way that i see myself what are we not answering amen in genesis chapter 3 verse 10 and 11 the Bible goes on to say that Moses, you know, after Adam said in verse 10, look, I was naked. I was naked, man. And so I didn't answer. I was naked, God. I didn't answer the call. Verse number 11 goes on to say, and he said, who told thee that thou was naked? Has thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat of? Adam says, watch this. I was afraid because I was naked. God's response was, who told you you were naked? Adam coupled being afraid with naked. He included being afraid. As long as he was naked, he was going to be afraid. There was a problem because before the fall, they were naked and not ashamed. But anytime Adam would be naked, which the, it was the way God created him, from this point forward, it would be connected with fear. I was afraid because I was naked. Now, fear is always coupled with naked. And so God's response is, who told you that you were naked? Not just in condition, but in identity. Why? What am I getting at? Our temporary feelings become permanent identity when we're living under the influence of sin, not necessarily living in sin. In other words, if there's certain things that make me mad, see, if I'm under the influence of sin and I'm in a situation where someone says something to me that makes me mad, then if I'm under sin, I take that temporary feeling and I make it a part 
part of my personal, my, a, part of, a permanent part of my personality. And I walk around saying I got anger issues. And the only reason why I'm saying I got anger issues is because of an emotion that came and went. But I put it in my personality permanently. I went through a situation and I got stressed out. Man, I'll stress. I took a, 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 a fleeting feeling and made it a part of my personality. Now it has a permanent place when in all actuality, that was just one moment. One moment. See, when we're in sin, we don't know how to move on. Whatever happened to us yesterday is going to keep on happening to us because that's the way I am. That's the way I look at things. I just flip like that. I just give up like that. I just don't like that. I just, I just go here. I just get here. I just stress out. I just freak out. I just go. When we're under sin, whatever feeling happened to us becomes a permanent part of who we are. And it was never intended to be. It's when we allow temporary feelings to take on a permanent place in our personality. So, man, I've been through a lot, man. And, man, I, I'm just telling you, man, I'll stress. And so, what, you know what God comes and does? Brian, he comes and says, come here, peace. And we refuse the call. That ain't me. You just don't know me. You don't know what I've been through and how I act. Not understanding we're missing the call to who we are. Sin's agenda is to misidentify us. So we'll answer to names like sick and tired. Amen. We'll answer to names like fed up. We'll answer to names like confused. We'll answer to names like overwhelmed. We'll answer to names like tired of trusting people. We'll answer to names like I'm tired of pouring into people and nobody pouring into me. We'll answer to those names. Why do we answer to those names? Why does that happen? That's the influence of that we are never supposed. That's not who we are. Love bears all things. Glory be to God. We're righteous. We're long-suffering. We're joyful. We're peaceful. If somebody smacks us on the left cheek, we'll turn to the right cheek Man, you could be up in church and they'll look at you and be like, who? Who are you talking about? Because we have now strayed so far away from who we're called trying to answer a call. Trying to answer a call to duty and have no clue who we are identification level. Amen? I'm talking about, we'll talk about, shoot, you just get sick and tired of people and the church goes up. I wish I could get a witness. The church goes up. I can identify with that. I'm with you, pal. I'm the one. Sometimes you just feel like, you just feel like telling folks where they can go. You feel like slapping people. You, you know, and, and man, it's heartbreaking. Because people actually feel, they just feel like these people are the believers that are being real. And they're the believers that don't know who they are. You're not your feelings. We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? The more we think we're how we feel, the harder it is to overcome those feelings. I don't feel like slapping people. Amen? Never. 
I never feel like telling folk where they can go. Never. Did I at one point? I heard a pastor say, I felt the spirit of slap coming on me. Is that true? Did I ever feel that? Possibly. But was that who I was? No. And the more I refuse to agree with an inferior identity that if I try to mix it with my identity in Christ will actually hinder my purpose in Christ. The more that I refuse to accept that feeling as a part of who I am, the less that feeling has a right to exalt itself and wrestle with me inwardly. There's just certain struggles that you stop having when you realize who you are. Just certain inward fights you no longer have. Man, I walk in peace and not stress. I ain't stressing. You'll find that stress begins to bow its knee to the name of the Lord. Come on. Hallelujah. The anger of man cannot bring forth the righteousness of God. If I can't be angry and his righteousness be released, why am I going to waste my time being angry? Amen. I know who if I know who I am. That's my call. So sin's agenda is to now misidentify us. So we'll answer to names that are that oppose who we are in Christ. You know what that word called God called. Adam, it is the Hebrew word karah. We looked at the Greek word. It is the God called Adam. It is karah. It means, watch this, to give a name, to call and commission. Everybody say call and commission. To call and endow. Everybody say call and endow. God's call is coupled with commissioning. God's call is coupled with endowing or furnishing or supplying. Listen to me and listen to me closely. Yahweh doesn't call us, then subsequently commission us after he calls us. He commissions us within who he calls us. He doesn't call us, then endow us. He endows us by who he calls us. What I'm saying is this, saints, to the degree we know who we're called, to that degree we inherit authority to do what we're called to do. Once, see, there is a portion of my purpose that's tied to understanding my identity is forgiveness. I don't have to fight to forgive people. My identity is forgiveness. There are certain things I can do when I accept that, and there are certain things I will never do while I'm working for God until I accept that. Now, how far I go in what I'm called to do is based on how deep I go in who I, knowing who I am. Amen? So to the degree we call, to, you know your name is fully free. Well, you don't know my story. You don't know sometimes I still wake up in the middle of the night. Sometimes, you know, the stuff jumps on me. And, no, you're fully free right now. To the degree you know you're fully free. I need somebody to say, I'm fully free. I'm fully free. 
No, I ain't halfway free. He didn't halfway free me. He didn't three-fourths free me. He didn't 45% free me. He said it is finished. Not half of it. Telios, all of it. He fully freed me. And to the degree I go by the name fully free, I'll begin to walk in full freedom. And to the degree I walk in full freedom, I will fully fulfill my assignment. But I got to know my name. Fully free. Oh, you looking for fully free? Right here. In the house. The mind of Christ is your name. Do you know that's your name? That's a part of your identity. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the head. The church is the body, and he's the head. The mind of Christ is a part of me and your identity. I don't have to fight with my mind. I can actually inherit his mind and stop fighting with my mind to the degree I know his mind is my mind. Come on, somebody say, we have the mind of Christ. That's, that's my identity. I have a right to that. My mind is messed up. Oh, no, it ain't. My mind is in heaven. My mind is seated on the right throne of the Father with all power in his hand. Amen? That's my mind. Somebody shout, that's my identity. So there are many people in the church doing what they're called to do that don't know who they're called to be. So there's a weight. There's a, there's a measure of influence and power and anointing that's not on what they're doing, not because they're not doing the right thing, but because they don't know who they are while they're doing it. Amen? I want y'all to notice something about calling because it's so powerful. And, and I don't know what I was doing when God began to download this as he wanted me to extend this teaching. Genesis 2 and 19. Look at what it says God tells Adam to do. Matthew, and it's fascinating to me. It's fascinating to me. Genesis 2 and 19. The Bible reads, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would what? Everybody say call. He brought them to Adam to see what Adam would call them and whatsoever Adam called. Everybody say called. Every living creature, that was the name thereof. See, Adam was given authority by God to call. It's the same word, karah, same Hebrew word. The animals or name the animals, why? Why was he given authority to call them? Because he had received who he was called by God. Once we truly answer the call of God, he'll give us authority to begin to call others. See, that, that, that's where that comes from. Adam called every animal. That did not mean he called them come here. That means he named them. He named the dog the dog. And glory be to God. And in now calling the dog, he commissioned the dog. He set him on the course of purpose. He did not have to name the dog and train the dog to bark. When he called the dog, within the calling of the dog, the dog could bark. Who, who, who? He did not have 
to now call the lion he named the lion and within naming the lion the lion had a roar he had the nature to fulfill his purpose within his calling glory be to the living God he did not have to take the monkeys to monkey school to teach them how to swing on branches in their calling was grace to swing on branches within their calling was their commissioning within their calling was their endowment within their naming was their ability so now then we don't see this is what me and you have to understand when we're named when we're called if, if a dog can bark without going to bark school if if a cat can meow without going to meow training because of what it was named perhaps when we're called we can cast out devils perhaps when we know our name we can lay our hands on the sick and they recover perhaps when we know who we are we can make disciples of all nations maybe it's not a course maybe it's a calling maybe it's not some stuff we gonna do when we know our name do you know God never took anybody to a seminary to prepare them for ministry he never told them to go to class he said go to work follow me and I'll make you to become Fishers of men. And so you have many times people who've gotten the plaques and have no power. He talks to the disciples and he says to them, he, he now, um, Auntie Amanda, he, ta- he commissions 70 before he dies. He says, go out, preach the kingdom, cast out devils, lay hands on the sick, and, and um, tell them the kingdom of God is at hand. Right? So they go out and they do it. No training. No school, no lessons, just go out and do it. They come back saying to Jesus, even the demons, they shocked. I told the demon to go in your name and it actually left. You know why? Because they didn't know what they was doing. They had no clue of what they were doing, yet they were doing it because they understood the one who had called them and named them. If I said go cast out devils, that means you can move devils. If I said lay hands on sick and they recover, that means healing is a part of who you are. There's grace in the calling. Once God raised up someone who knows who they're called, he'll call others through them. Adam, you know who you called. Start calling these animals. Start calling these wild things that are untamable. Start telling them who they are. There's some people out there that don't know who they are. But if they mess around and come across somebody who know who they're called, 
start start talking to the drunk and telling them who they are. Start talking to the drug addict and telling them who they are. Start talking to the gang member and telling them who you are. Because you're called, you can begin to call them. And many times what happens is when you are under the ministry gift of somebody who knows who they're called, you start just knowing what you're called to do. Nobody told you, I mean, I'm called to lay down my life and I'm about to start doing it. I'm called to take up my cross and I'm about to start doing it. I'm called to prayer and I'm about to start doing it. Nobody told you to do any of those things. But when you are now being influenced by a ministry gift that knows the name, knows who they are, God will begin to call you out of those who know who they're called. So Adam began to call the animals. Begin to call them. He began to name them. So there's always a greater level of commitment to a ministry gift. Somebody who's now running a church, set over the house, a ministry gift to somebody who knows man or woman who they are in God. Have y'all ever asked this question? And I pose it as I begin to reflect on this. We talk about Noah, Mario, and I begin to reflect on Noah and I begin to ask, what's the greatest miracle? Was it building the ark? Eric, or was it getting two of each animal on the ark? Which one was the greatest? How in the world did eight people get two of each kind of animal? Two of every kind of monkey, two of every kind of baboon, two of every kind of lion, two of every kind of giraffe, two of every kind of lizard, two of every kind of salamander, two of every kind of fish, every kind of bird, two of each. How did they do that? I'm here to tell you right now, it wasn't because they were great hunters and gatherers. They weren't catching all those animals and forcing them on the boat. Noah Gain grace from God. God, Noah found grace in God's eyes. You know what Noah was doing? Noah was calling those animals. Oh, giraffe, look, go get on the top floor because your neck's so long. You need the ceiling space. Go, go, go up to the third floor. Lion, I need you to go down in the basement. Sheep, I know you, I need you to go on the second floor because the lion get hungry sometimes and want to eat you. And so now what, what Noah was able to do was to call these animals and tell them, go to the boat. You go here. You get here. You go. You do this. He walked in an authority to call them. They couldn't catch all those animals. There's no way they could get all them on the boat. But that now Noah found grace and and gain the same assignment that Adam lost. Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. What God is doing in this season is he's raising up people who know who they're called. And, and animals, uh, glory be to God, and people that won't listen to nobody. People who are wild. People who have their pants hanging down. They're, they're walking around with their pants uh, underneath their thigh. And while they look like that, somebody who knows what they're called is going to look them in the eyes and say, boy, you were made to be filled with the Spirit of God. And you will prophesy. And with their 
underwear hanging out and with tattoos up and down their neck they're going to say yes where do I need to go where do I need to pray when is church how do I walk with God God is about to raise up people who know who they are. Why are they dressed like that? Why do they act like that? Because they don't know who they are. They need people who do know who they are that's not intimidated by how good they act like somebody they're not. I'm not impressed by how far you've gone in knowing, not knowing who you are. Who can look past the tattoos. Who can look past the liquor. Who can look past the smoking? Who can look past the cursing? I said, boy, you were created to burn for Jesus and live all your days for him. Come. Come on. Come to prayer. Come on. Come to church. Come, come to worship. You were created to worship. Come on. And watch God begin to move on that, which seems to be wild, untamable, and won't listen to anybody. There's a generation out there that won't listen to other people who don't know who they are. If we're in the church and don't know who we are, and they're in the world and don't know who they are, they're not going to listen to us. But if we know who we are, and we can look them flat-footed in the eyes and tell them about the Lord, they'll begin to get on the ark. Come on. They'll begin to get on into, into the house of the living God and become who God has called them to become. The issue with Adam is this, and I'm closing. The issue with Adam is the fact that he failed. And when he failed, watch this. When he failed, he lost the ability to call things because he himself did not come when he was called. There were certain things that were supposed to come when Adam called. Because he knew who he was called. But when God called Adam, he didn't come. So Adam lost the dominion and the authority to call things. And they come and respond to him. So Adam could no longer call, watch this, what he had dominion over because he didn't come when he was called. Do you understand that there are heavenly realities that are supposed to come when we call? That aren't coming because we won't go by who we're called. When we call for healing, healing is supposed to come. Y'all know that? But, but we got to begin to now answer who we're called to be. So healing ain't for people with a healing ministry. These signs shall follow those who believe. They shall lay their hands on the sick. We cast out devils and those devils don't come out. Because God will call us out of stuff that we're still in and say God is just still working. How can we cast out devils and we won't come out of what we know God has already called us out of? Because in our eyes, we just ain't ready to come out of that yet. So there's certain things that will not respond when we say come simply because we're not answering the call of God ourselves. So we call for revival and revival doesn't come. Our ability to call those things that be not as though they were are tied to us going by who God has called us. Let me share, share something with you about dominion. Dominion 
is, some, is something responding to who you are, not what you say. Dominion, I have dominion. You speak to the mountain and the mountain will move. Dominion isn't what I say to the mountain. Dominion is who I am when I say it. So many times we think saying the right thing is what gets God to move when now being who we're called to be is what get, gets God to move. Paul, I know. And Jesus, I know. But who are you? It's not what we say is who we are. The seven sons of Sceva went to cast out devils in the name of Jesus. They used the right name, but they didn't know who they were. Because it's not about what you say. It's about knowing who you're called. Who you're called. Who are you? Who are you today? You're free. You're righteous. You're, you're pure. You're joyful. You love the things of God. You're a prayer warrior. You're a praiser. You walk by faith and not by sight. These are all the things that me and you are today. How many of those things that we're called are we coming when we're called? Or are we going by another name? Is there something keeping us outside of what God is calling us? Many are called. But few are chosen. I want to pray today. And I'm. Oh, Shandai Koro. na na na. I want to pray today. If everybody would just stand to your feet. Koba Mantida Parate. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I know I'm called saved. I know I'm called free. I know I'm called liberated. I know I'm called son of God. But man, I've been going by some other names. I've been letting some other stuff call me. And I haven't been answering to who I'm really called. If you're here today, glory to the Lord.